0: We want to mention that the elders and pastors are going away. There he is. Elders and pastors are going away for a couple of days. We're going to be in a, in a retreat together, uh, actually at Buffalo Ridge. So that's where I think the ladies are at next next weekend. But we're going to be away for a couple of days, and uh, the church office will be open. Mary will be here. But just pray for us. Uh, you know, as we're, this is an annual thing that we do. I get to get on in on it for the first time. That's great. So I get to say we. That's, that's great. But um, we're going to be seeking the Lord. You know, we sang last week, the more I seek you, the more I find you. And so uh, when we seek, we find. So we'll be seeking the Lord together, spending time in prayer together, uh, just talking about strategy, what the Lord has for us as a spiritual family here. So we just just ask for your prayers the next couple days in particular. We hope you're always praying for the leaders, but in particular uh, the next couple days while we're away. Just be praying for us. Uh, should an emergency or, or arise, Mary can get a hold of us. We're only about an hour away, uh, but we'll we'll be together uh, seeking the Lord. So, just want to let you know and ask you to pray for us. Maybe I could just pray right now for a moment. If we could just pray together, let's just join together. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for just giving good leadership, Lord, in our lives. You're a great leader, Lord. You're you're perfect in your leadership, and Lord, we seek you as leaders here or this. Uh, family that you've established here, God. We seek you for these next two days that you'll rest upon us while we're away. Lord, that you'll take care of this flock well. Lord, that that you will accomplish all the purposes that you have in your heart for us as a family. So bless our leaders as we come away. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks, man. Bless the Lord. I
1: was driving in this morning and I kept having 1980s songs pop into my head. Uh, not rock and roll, I mean old like worship songs from church, you know. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, the songs we used to sing back in the 80s were pretty just simple choruses. Uh, they didn't have like verse 1 or verse 2 and those were rare because if they did, they'd be considered a hymn. And we didn't sing hymns back in the 80s. Uh, but I don't know if you remember any of these songs. Um, in Him we live and move and have our being. How about that? Uh, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I'm singing a little fast. Uh will I be safe from mine enemies? Yeah, it was an echo, wasn't it? It was an echo, yeah. And it goes on, and I learned that one in Spanish. But those songs were popping in my head this morning for some reason. It might have been the fact that I was driving through fog. Uh, I drove about an hour through fog. That was probably the thickest I've seen it in a while. So much so that I, you know, it would like, I'm watching the white line and the yellow dot dashed to make sure I stay in the lane as I'm driving. And I, of course I slowed down, I, I did not continue to drive 72. I slowed down to a reasonable amount because I didn't want any surprises in front of me. <clears throat> and every now and then that white lane, that white line would just veer off and disappear. And that's when I knew there was an exit. And then it would reappear again at the, you know, at that, that's how foggy it was. And then every now and then, I would just drive out of it for about, I don't know, 200, 300 feet. And it would be clear as day, the stars still shining. And then I could see the fog in front of me, and I would drive right back into it. I was driving in and out of clouds this morning as I was driving in. And I was thinking about it. I was like, Lord, you know, this is often sometimes like seasons of our lives where... uh, All we're going, we're moving forward, we continue to advance, but we see nothing. And we have to focus in on the white line of the direction of the words that you've spoken to us. And the dashed line that communicates your faithfulness and reminds us. And we just keep our eyes on that. And even when the white line veers off and disappears, we know your faithfulness, Lord. And we hold on to that. And we just stay close to that. And we focus in on it as we continue to move forward. Knowing that you will bring us out into clarity. And sometimes for a short season, we come into clarity and we're reminded, yes, yes. The Lord loves me, his, his, his will is being done in my life. Jesus is faithful and then whoop, we're right back in the cloud again where we see nothing except just a few feet in front of us. I encourage you, hold on to Jesus. If you're in that season, it does not mean that the Lord has left you. It just means you're driving through a season where you need to focus right now on what he's told you and his faithfulness and just hold on to that time period until you can see clearly again. Okay? wanted to share that with you. We should be getting our living room furniture uh, this week, which is a Hallelujah Jesus. We no longer have just a big open room. We'll actually have a couch in it. I'm excited. It's been weeks. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. My wife will be rejoicing. Uh, We also get, we're getting a foreign exchange student, a little girl, 15 years old from Thailand is moving in with us on Sunday for the school year. I know because we're just bored, we just, you know. Uh, There's a little bit of story there, but I mean, it was, the girl was was having not issues, it just wasn't a good fit for her with her host home, and uh, it was coming to the point where she might have to go back home and they were like, could anybody in the town open up their home for her so she doesn't have to leave school or leave, you know? And uh, Jill was like, we should do this. We've had we've had people live with us before. I mean, that's not a, an odd thing for us. So we did it, and uh, it happens on Sunday, next Sunday, October 1st. So she's moving in with us. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll stay busy with that. And yesterday I was painting... Uh, the guest bedroom, which would be her bedroom, so I was making sure it got painted and updated while watching the Alabama game on the TV and the, really more listening to the Alabama on the game on, on the TV. And Alabama won. Roll Tide. Okay, guys. Come on now. No. I'm not that big of a fan. I do like... <laughs> what? What did she say? Put it on the couch. Oh, there you go. Way to go. You can get on there. Anyway... Lord bless it. Uh, Jill and her mom are in uh, North Carolina with Maddie for her 23rd birthday, and they fly back tonight, which was nice to be able to celebrate uh, our middle daughter, Madeline, turned 23 on the 23rd of September in 2023. <laughs> so Maddie's like, you've got to come. This is a big deal. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, Madeline, you're... So she's there, and they're having a good time. Uh, she does say a big Hello. <clears throat> So I have one joke for you, and then I'm going to get in the word this morning. My joke is this. (laughs) Should you ever preface a joke? Probably not, because it kind of destroys it. But anyway, uh, so I have this really good friend, Tony, and he's always told me to never say his name backwards. And I can't help but ask, why not? Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of uh, Nehemiah chapter 6. I'm glad you all love me. Thank you, thank you. In the coffee shop, there's these little little tiny things. This one is a true lime, and they're just like powdered... powdered flavor, there's no calories, there's just a flavor. So this is the flavor of lime that you can add to a water bottle. Uh, and it is just changes, adds like a citrus wine, uh, limey flavor to it. Uh, just be careful when you're grabbing them. There are lemon and there are also grapefruit and there's orange. So make sure you grab the one you're thinking to put in there. But they're actually really, really good. If you, I'm just making a dumb advertisement right now, but I like... <laughs> I like carbonated water, you know, the thing. And I just like it plain. I don't like flavoring in it. Uh, But I will throw this in there, and oh, my word. And then if you add a little bit of cherry syrup in with a lime, you have a Route 44 diet cherry limeade. Anyway, we're in Nehemiah chapter uh, 6. Let's go ahead and pray over the word. I got to do what Dennis does, you know, and... uh, Anyway, Father, bless your name, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Father God, that you do enjoy humor, Father. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you uh, love us, that you're with us. Thank you for your word. I pray, Father, as I, as I share the, the word that you put on my heart this morning, uh, Father, I pray that it would uh, fall on the right ears. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that anything that's not of you would just fall to the ground. Uh, Lord, because I want uh, Jesus you revealed. Holy Spirit, you preach the sermon that you desire to each person's heart. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. I thank you, Father, for it, for your good and your perfect will being done in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to hear and to bless your name for your word and who you are, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. okay we're in Nehemiah chapter 6 they have almost finished the wall it's so close okay and they've been through a lot they've heard the calling they responded they began to build they began to add on to they began to walk out what the Lord asked them to do they faced some opposition at one point you know they had their Bible in one hand and they they were doing the work at with their other, you know, they were had their sword ready, they were ready to fight, they came to each other's aid, they were in, it was an intense time of about five months, wasn't it? Or 52 days? It was one of the two, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, where they built this wall, and they're almost done, and then Nehemiah 6 happens. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah... And Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it. Although up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. I love the way he clarifies. Yeah, we're not actually done. We're close. Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Hey, why don't you come and meet together with us in the plain of Ono? Why don't you come and meet with us together in the plane of, oh no. But they intended to do me harm. And I am doing, uh, let's see, sorry. And I sent a message to them saying, I'm doing a great work here and I cannot come on down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? I want to talk to you today about the life-giving fire Of God. The life giving fire of God. Okay? When we hear about the fire of God, we often, uh, at least I used to, I I can really only speak for myself, but uh, I don't really like it and haven't really liked it because it's so uncomfortable, it's so painful. And the cost can be great when you walk through a a season of fire. And so I've I've had kind of a a bad attitude that the Lord has been slowly correcting over the last uh, 40 years. And um, I think he's getting better at correcting it. But it has been a, a difficult walk for me through that. But every time after I finish a season of fire, I look back and I go, yes and amen, that was a good season. It was very painful, it was very hard, but it is very good because I can see the good fruit of the fire. And so uh, I, I want to get to the point of James 1 where I counted all joy in the midst of the fire. I remember when we came off the field... Uh, We had just come off the mission field. We had come through uh, two years of very, very intense, intense fire where everything was shaken, our marriage, um, the church ministry, our purpose. I mean, it was just a high heat flame of fire. And we, uh, we had run into Floyd McClung on an airplane as we were leaving Russia for the last time by chance in an airport in Paris. I had seen his name on his credit card. I don't know if you know it or not. I have eagle eyes. I I can see small details really far away. Uh, I just need reading glasses because it's all blurry right now. But generally far away from a distance, I can see very good, very, very good. So I happened to see his name on his credit card. I wasn't looking. It just I see things like that, okay? Uh, And I said, Floyd McClung, I know that name. We got on the plane. Uh, I finally got up the guts to walk back there and ask them... uh, are you a Christian author or something? And he said, yes, I'm a Christian author. I have wrote a book, of The Father Heart of God. Uh, that's the right one, right? Yep. I always get it confused with the other guys, uh, the guy guy. <laughs> you know, Wild at Heart, that, that author, he has a book about, John Eldridge has a book about The Father Heart of God, too, and their titles are similar, and they're both great, by the way. Both books are, are really good. Uh, to refresh you on your understanding of God's love toward you okay uh, so uh, he said that and he said actually you know' we're, uh, I'm pastoring now in Kansas City so this was 02 uh, so he had been there about two years here at this church uh, back when we were uh, we were still in Grandview at that point and uh, that ended I was like, okay, great it was kind of weird Lord you know just as our seasons are changing I don't know what why you, caused this really weird connection to happen. Uh, as, as we're walking off, or as the plane is exiting, we have a baby, so we're just waiting for everybody else to get off, you know, because we had two kids, and it was just easier to get everybody off and then to get all of your stuff, you know. And so he walks up as he's exiting, because he sat behind us. We were on a bulkhead. And I walked up and gave Jill, because I think I was in the bathroom with one of the kids, and he gave Jill his business card, and he said, once you get, get settled in, why don't you give me a ring? down in Kansas City. So as soon as we got settled in, I was like, this is a Jesus thing. It has to be a Jesus thing, you know. So we gave him a ring, and he said, yeah, why don't you come down and work for us down here in Kansas City? And so we did. It was a number of months later, but we finally moved down, and uh, I helped uh, Randy uh, I, at the All Nations office. And it was a, it was a good season. And I've, in all the detail, I've completely forgot why I was telling you this story. Mm. Yeah, it's about fire. It is good. Fire is very good. Now I remember. Way too much detail. I apologize. So we're sitting in Metro. We're sitting in the back on the orange chairs in the old building where, where FCF is now. And we're sitting there, and Floyd is up there preaching. And he's. Uh, I wasn't there because of Floyd's preaching, I was there because the Lord had brought us there, and man, the presence of the Lord was there, and they were singing this worship song that, uh, I don't know if you remember it, we used to sing it a lot, uh, it's not one of my favorite ones, um, I'm going to bring an offering of praise in the good times, and even when it's in the desert time, I'll bless your name, blessed be your name, yeah. And I don't, it's hard for me because it brings back a season of pain and fire when I hear that song. But we were sitting there, <laughs> sitting in the back row, and they're singing this song uh, Bless Your Name in the Good Times. Yes, bless your name when it's really bad. And we just sat there and we just bawled. I mean, we were toast, we were worn out, we were exhausted, uh, we were beat up, and uh, we had walked through the fire of the Lord, and it had, it had, we felt we weren't singed, but we, we, we felt singed in our heart, and so that song was always hard to walk through, and I, uh, just that feeling of, oh Lord, I don't want to walk in more fire, because this hurts, you know, and we had another five years of it after that point, uh, so we had quite a long way to go. But now, looking back, I wouldn't trade that fire for anything. I wouldn't trade that fire for anything. Yes, it was painful, but who I am now, because I was willing to walk through the fire and hold on to Jesus, I I am a much better representation of Jesus. I feel more of Jesus in my heart than I did at that point. Then it was a, a lot about me, a lot about my needs. A lot about my desires for ministry, my name, my calling, uh, my church, my this, my that. And now it is a lot more of, you know, it's Jesus's. It's Jesus's church. It's Jesus's ministry. I have the honor and privilege of walking with Jesus. And I serve at the pleasure of the king. And if the king has other things for me to do, then I will do that. I hold everything loosely because it's his; it's not mine. Okay. So the fire is a good thing, and uh, Jesus uses the fire to reveal in us Himself. I don't know if you realize that or not. Uh, Jesus is all about fire. Uh, Revelations one fourteen to eighteen. In 1912 all talk about his eyes being full of fire. You know, most of the time when we picture Jesus, it's just like, oh, sweet Jesus, him with the little kids, you know. Really you know, the sweetness, the love, we like to focus on the love, not the fire. But the fire is a beautiful thing. In Matthew 3.11, he says, uh, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with In Mark 9, 49, he said, everyone is going to be salted with fire. Fire is not bad. Fire is the blessed privilege of getting to see Jesus in a new way. And when that happens, it changes you so that you look and smell like Jesus. Jesus. Fire is only bad when we lose sight of it and we dig down, or like when I'm driving in the fog and I can't see and I just pull over and I stop and I just sit there in the fog. That's the only time fire is bad. If I continue to allow him to reveal himself and his closeness to me, to reveal who he is in the midst of the situation then I can walk through and my stumbling blocks become these megaphone uh, uh, stepping stones that I can declare I am speaking, I look like Jesus, I smell like Jesus more, I declare like Jesus more because I was willing to allow Him to to, to deal with who I am right now. The fire is such a beautiful thing. When you have walked through the fire, you can recognize the valley of Oh No. When you haven't been in the fire, man, they call you, they invite you down to Oh No, and you go right on down there with Him. And you live in Oh No for quite a while. Until you begin to realize this Oh No is not what Jesus has, and you allow Him to reveal Himself to you and that strength of the oh no doesn't bother you anymore. And so they declare and they declare, come on down to oh no, and you respond what David said in Psalms two uh, five. why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Put your trust in God. I'm not going to oh no. I got too many things to do. I'm not pulling over. I'm continuing to drive straight. I'm continuing to get my eyes on Jesus. As someone who has spent years in the valley of Oh No, don't be discouraged if you're there. You know, I've mentioned uh, several times, uh, if you're new here, you may not have heard it, but I I try to say it often, uh, not say it often, but I try to just be free with it, the fact that I was molested when I was eight, okay? So this event happened to me. Could have been multiple times. I don't know. It's just kind of blocked out of my memory a little bit. But I know it happened when I was eight. And I recognize eight because life in second grade and life in third grade were completely different. So around that time frame, third grade, from there on down, it just went into a hell hole for a long time. Okay? So uh, I told no one until I was 30. So 22 years... I lived there in the valley of Oh No. Okay? I believe the lies of the enemy that this defined me, that this ruined me, that this broke me, that this uh, changed me, that this God isn't able to do anything, that if people knew they would love you, you know, that just all of the lies. I lived in this valley. That was my existence, my identity for 22 years till I was 30. And finally, at the, the All Nations uh, School of Church Planning that I went to, where we had our meeting and everybody kind of shared their lives. I was like, okay, it's now or never because I was already broken for two years off of the field. If, if it didn't make a difference to me, Jesus loved me, so I'm just going to let it out. And I began to let it out, and it freaked me out because no one cared. I was like, oh, wow, sorry that happened. Isn't Jesus cool how he loves you? And I began to walk out of all of the garbage in the Valley of Ono, you know, for the last 22 years. And it doesn't define me. And I got to the point where here at this church, where I can just talk about it. and There's no shudder, no shame, no no anything. I hope I'm not too inappropriate, you know. I don't know anymore because I don't care. I know what Jesus has done. I know what Jesus has declared. I did a, a couple of years ago, I was asked to speak at FCA in the town we're living in now. And uh, I was the out-of-town guest, pastor from Kansas City came in and they asked me to share. And I shared about being molested. And breaking free of the things that hold you. Because it doesn't bother me. Anymore, It's an event that happened in my life where the enemy tried to define who I was. But Jesus came in and said, you know what? I'm declaring who you are. Get your eyes on me and don't worry about it. Yes, Lord. During that valley of, oh no, the Lord led me through fires... So that I would see his faithfulness and not let those things that happened to me define who I was. I had to deal with, do I need man's approval? Because you can't receive Jesus' love if you're about receiving man's approval. If that's how you define your worth by man's approval, you are going to push off Jesus' love... You have to get to where you abandon man's approval and you move fully into the love of Jesus and you walk that out. There's probably some teeter-totter. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, yeah, okay, I really need this. Oh, wait, no, this is bad. Okay, Jesus, yes. And there's a season of teeter-totter where you're getting, and then finally you're just like, okay, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all. You know, we sing that song. And this is where it hits the road. This is what it's talking about type stuff. I surrender to you, Lord. I'm not going to worry about man's approval. And every now and then the enemy comes back and invites me to the valley of oh no and I can declare like Nehemiah does, I ain't going, thank you. I still have to do it from time to time. Aren't you worried about them finding out about this or doing that or thinking of you with this or, or that or whatever? When we move into the approval Of the Lord. And it's the fire of the Lord that causes us and calls us out of the valley of Ono to deal with how we believe and puts us on that teeter totter so that we see where we are, so that we can then choose and go into and stand where we need to. That's from a stumbling block to a stepping stone. And it's the fire of God that gets us there. Now, you may not realize it or not, but the fire of God is actually the love. Of God. I love you enough. To not leave you. Where you are. I love you enough. To cause you. And to call you. To allow me to touch these spots. That you hide. That are so painful for you. That you don't want to deal with. I love you enough. To call you into. A belief that you can walk free, that they won't define you anymore. That what the enemy planned is not what I have. So the love causes or brings down or allows the fire of God in our lives that refines us. Because over here we feel and talk like Jesus. Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you no matter what happened in your past. Because your past does not define you. Jesus defines you. Now, you see, I can say that with authority because I have walked through the valley, out of the valley of Al-No, oh, No, through the fire of the Lord and refined me to a wit. I have authority saying, I don't care what the past says. I don't care what the enemy declares. I don't care what has happened to you. What does Jesus say? because stand on what Jesus says because he's got ultimate authority and i can do that because i held on to Jesus i looked and saw him in the valley of the No, i held on him through the teeter-totter season until i could fully come into the revelation of what he is saying that's the fire of the lord it refines us and gives us his voice Nehemiah says this to them, Hey guys, I ain't coming. See, Nehemiah had been through the fire. He had been refined, and he had, not, he had recognized the valley of Ono, and it didn't deter him. So when the, it was offered, Hey, let's come on down to Ono, and let's all talk about how bad you are. He said, Ain't going there. You can see in verse 6, these are some of the things that they attack with, the enemy does. Verse 6, after you begin to have victory, after you begin to walk into, the Lord begins to pour out his fire on our motivations. It is written in verse 6. In it was written this letter. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it. (laughs) Geshem, who was with Tobiah and Sanballat, and that gives it weight, because Geshem says it. Oh, my. That you and the Jews intend to rebel, That's why you're really building the wall. It isn't because God told you. Your motivations are twisted. They're not pure. You're not here to really help them. You actually want to become king. You're going to rebel against the whole king who sent you here. I know where you're too hard. And Geshem agrees with me. And Nehemiah, because he has walked through the fire doesn't fall for it he doesn't fall for and doesn't give up on now if we have selfish motivations when that fire comes and we have the invitation to the oh no and we're declared and our our motivations are questioned if our motivations are impure it stings our heart you see when you've walked through it you can boldly declare like nehemiah does oh you, know, you guys are just making this up you're insane you're making this up. This is straight out of out of the thin air. Because you have boldness because you've walked through the fire. If you haven't walked through the fire, that hits you and you're like, "Wow, you know what? Actually, I do want to be king." I want people to love me. I want people to see me. I want honor, I want authority, I want power because I've been powerless in the past. And I don't want that to happen to me again, so I want power. I want to protect myself because I don't feel protected. Am I getting too real with you guys? And so when that's there and you're invited to the valley of i No," you'll probably end up in the valley of, "Oh no." Oh no." And Jesus goes, "Do you want to live here? You're like, you know, this is what I'm used to, but I don't. He says, do you want me to show you the way out? And I'm like, yeah. Is it going to hurt? He said, it probably will. Because you're going to have to let go of things. You're, you're not just holding on to. You are like clenching for life tighter than those people that drop down in that ride, you know, that just drops down and the way they grab a hold of stuff. Yeah. You're holding on. You're holding on for dear life because this is where your trust is and you don't see who I really am. If you allow me, I will show you and you'll teeter-totter. I will begin to show you and reveal to you who I am so that you stabilize and that stumbling blocks becomes this stepping stone that you can declare and no matter what anybody says they say bow down to the idol you say as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord i'm not bowing down to this idol even if you throw me in the fire what's a little what, what kind of fire can you build nebuchadnezzar i've been through the fire of jesus i've been liberated by the fire all your fire is going to do it's either jesus is going to be with me or it's going to liberate me from this physical body what's the difference the boldness comes from walking with Jesus through this time period. Where are you today? Are you an oh no? Are you teetering? Sometimes I'm an oh no, sometimes I'm victory in Jesus. Victory in G. Oh no. You know, is it not like that, Linda, at times? Uh, I think of the VeggieTales song, I'm so blue, I'm so blue, you know, from uh, Madam Blueberry. Yeah, mm-hmm. you 90s kids. And so Nehemiah, he doesn't fall for it because he's walked through this. What do you do when this comes? Well, you check your heart and you go to Jesus with it. And you say, Lord, I've been accused that my motivation is wrong. I've been accused that I'm looking for man's approval. What's true, Lord? Because I don't want this in my heart. I want you in my heart. So if it's true, would you reveal it to me and I'm willing to walk through the fire to get it out of my life. I'm willing to do it so that I can walk in who you are. You know, when I, uh, I, uh, when I ministered in Russia the first couple years man, the Holy Spirit, I was quote-unquote anointed. Uh, wild, crazy, cool things would happen through the ministry that I did, okay? i being very careful with my words here. Um, so they really needed Jesus, and I was a willing vessel, and I was pretty bold and just crazy, whatever, I'll do it. And so, man, the Lord flowed through me. Of course, it got intertwined with all of my goofiness because I lived in the valley of Oh No. So that became my value because, you see, I was 30. I moved back from the field when I was 30, so the entire time no one knew. So a lot of who I was and my identity, I needed ministry to feel good about myself because of what happened to me when I was eight. I needed to know I was valuable and that Jesus loved me. So I needed him to move through me so that I knew that he loved me. Did you get the trap there? And Jesus is like, you know what? For the sake of them, I will let this happen for a while. But eventually, I'm going to deal with your heart and set you free because I want you to understand I love you regardless of whether you see that or not. The movement of the Holy Spirit is not my sign that I love you. It's not the sign that you're connected to me. It's a sign that they have a need and you're available. Great charismatic movements are not the sign of holy people. They're the sign of they have a need and that person is available. And so I had a lot of fun. I was talking to Vika uh, just a couple nights ago. We were talking about uh, the movement of the Lord and... And some of the fun things the Lord did and some of the 1 Corinthians 12 signs and wonders things that I saw on that list and saw done through me and done around me because the Lord was ministering to people. Jesus wanted to reach, he wanted to set a foundation that God is powerful and he did because I was willing. Right now I don't have a lot, I do have every now and then movement of the Holy Spirit, when there is a need, the Lord moves bless your name Lord but I no longer do it from a wrong motivation or a man's approval so I I got myself off again, but I'm just having trouble today keep it on track but basically, what I'm telling you is, is it, it gets down to the, the, I was needing this, so the Lord had to ask me, you know, do you need this? Do you need man's approval? And I got accused. I remember one of the other pastors got pretty upset with me. He and his wife got together, and they had a council of two. And uh, that was a little bit of a joke. But anyway... Uh, we, I had a meeting with the council of two and got the fire from them of how bad my heart was and how I was doing it all for my own selfish motivations and, and uh, you know, all the ministry of the Holy Spirit was really just uh, because my heart was bad and I was trying to prove something to everybody. And, y- you know, looking back, they were probably seeing true things, okay? Was that the way to handle it? Probably not. Uh, because I lived in the Valley of Ono, oh so when they said that, I shut down, and I went lame duck, and I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to pray for anybody. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. I'm not going to do anything. I shut down, and that isn't the way to handle it, you know, because I was immature. They were immature. We're all just growing in our faith. Am I upset with them? Absolutely not. It helped me years later to look back and go, okay, that's not where I want to live. I want to do things, I want to pray for people because it's what Jesus wants, not because it's something that I need so that you all notice how cool I am with the ministry. Having the right motivations. So when the fire happens and you are invited into the Valley of Ono, you can very well, I think Nehemiah probably did this here in verse uh, 6. So he gets this letter and uh, he goes... Uh, da, 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 da. And let's come and take counsel together. Uh, so he responds to them, but to respond to them, he had to check his heart and just say, Lord, if any of this is true, speak to me. I want to understand. When you are accused, when you receive negative uh, reactions, feedback, thank you, Heather. When you receive negative feedback... I counsel you, take the time and just ask the Lord. Lord, even if there's 1%, 10%, 20%, 30%, what are you saying to me through this? Grow from it. Don't just go, well, who do they think they are? You know, and toss it out, because you're saying that in the valley of, oh, no. Well, who do they think they are? I'm living here in, oh, no. (laughs) Yes, you are. And Jesus doesn't want you there. And sometimes he brings people into your lives to bring fire to refine your understanding of who he is. So listen to it and walk the fire. Enjoy. That's where it says count it all joy, guys. Is it's taking it and going, okay, Lord, I want to grow from this. I don't want to live in oh no. And I feel like there is this small piece of me that's living there. And there's a piece of what they're saying that is perfectly true. And I need the refinement, Lord. So thank you Father for their rebuke. Thank you Father for their rebuke because it's revealed to me a piece of you that I don't have. Nehemiah is able to move forward because he didn't live in oh no, he had walked through the fire enough that when he comes to lead he is able to walk it and and carry it out. Man's approval, not a big deal to him. Motivations, he knows his motivations are are pure. Then the next thing that happens in verse 10, is he goes to visit uh, one of the prophetic guys, and the guy says to him, hey, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. We need to close the doors of the temple, because they are coming to kill you, and they're going to kill you at night. Bless the name of the Lord. If that don't throw you into oh no, then you are confident on Jesus. Fear of failure—it's the fire of God's victory. Are you going to trust Him that He's the one that's brought you through? He's the one that's brought you through, uh, brought you to this place in your life as it is. Can the enemy really have power over you? Can he really take you out? Is it as big as they say it is? I see leaders shaken and taken out because of an accusation where it is, well, you know everyone is saying, everyone believes this, everyone knows this. I always ask, well, who is everyone? Because if it's you and your council of two, or you and your council of three, you, your wife, and your daughter, then that's your opinion. And I'm welcome to take that and go to Jesus with it and see what's wrong with my heart. Because I will, I will grow and learn from anything. But don't manipulate and bring the accusation as if everybody, and you're speaking God's voice, bring it humbly. If you're going to bring it, bring it humbly. And if it's not brought humbly... Then give it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, if any of this is true, please show me. I love when people bring things humbly. I have ears to hear. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling this. I just want to present this to you. Um, uh, these are things that I see. Great, help me. Because I, then I know your heart is for me to improve and come into victory to shine more like Jesus and you're not canceling me. You you don't want people, you don't want to take advice from people who are canceling you. You want to take people who are willing to invest in you. And I invest in things that I look for return in. I preach to you because I look for fruit to grow out of your lives. That's why I drive two hours on Sunday morning. Because I love you And I see the Lord. It is an honor and privilege to pour into you anything that I know. So that the fruit begins to bubble. And you begin free and you look more like Jesus and you come into victory. If I can help you do that, yes and amen. What a privilege it is. And I'm willing to walk through fire to do that. So the fear of failure attacks him here. It's over with... You're done. You need to go hide in the temple. You need to lock yourself in and get away because it's over, bro. It's over. Give up. Give up. You know, you're going to fail anyway. So it'd be better if you failed on your terms instead of failing on their terms. You ever hear that argument before? you're going to give up anyway, so you might as well give up now when you have the power instead of them forcing you to give up. That isn't a Jesus word. And that's what he says here. And Nehemiah just says, you know what, I I recognize this for what it is. It's the valley of oh no. I don't live there. I'm not a failure because I am doing what Jesus told me to do. And my success is simply obedience to him. It's not outward sign. So I'm going to, just going to trust in Jesus and continue to move forward and I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. So can you carry Jesus and not walk through fire? Is it possible to carry Jesus in your heart, have Jesus in your heart, and not walk through fire. No. So we're going to walk through fire. Jesus said, in the world you're going to have tribulation. Things aren't going to go as you planned. And then he says those crazy words, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So there is a view of Jesus where I can see him in such a way that the pain and the problem gets put in its right position and I can see the goodness of Jesus. So that the pain stays in the valley of Ono and I walk in the victory and declare the goodness of the Lord. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to. So I don't want to fight the fire I want to say, Jesus, yes and amen. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me and know my heart. See if there's anything wrong in me, Lord. Because I want to walk with you. I want to know you. Nehemiah does and he walks. You want greater victory in your life? Walk through the fire you're going through right now. It will lead you into the greater victory of Jesus. You want to know Jesus? Walk through the fire that you're walking in right now because He is revealing Himself to you and in you and through you. Amen. He's not left you. Just because you're in fire like I was in fog didn't mean my entire identity changed. I didn't lose who I was because there was a lot of fog and I could barely see where I was going this morning. I didn't suddenly become nobody, nothing, and disappeared from the face of the earth. I didn't get raptured out because I couldn't see forward. I kept moving and I kept my eyes on what I knew Jesus had said. The white line shows you the edge of the road and the yellow line shows you the other lane. You stay between those and you're going to be fine. A couple years ago, we had a, uh, (laughs) you know, we're Metro. So we get weird words. It's just part of who we are. We've been a prophetic church for 42, almost 43 years. I guess it will be 42 in uh, December, right? It was 1982. It's 41 in December. Uh, So we do get odd things that happen. It's pretty normal here. And we had a lady walk by and she called and left a voicemail. And the voicemail was basically, I know this is going to be weird, but uh, I'm from out of town and I was walking by your building. I don't know who you are, but I just want to tell you there is a humongous angel that his feet are in your building and he's standing up and, and all the way through your sanctuary. He's really, really big and he has a humongous bucket of the fire of the Lord and he's just constantly pouring this humongous bucket of the fire of the Lord and it's a great thing and the Lord just loves you and loves the fire that he's pouring on you and there will come a time when you and your prayer team will get together and you will send the angel in an assignment to go and pour the fire somewhere else. And I'm like, is that a good thing, Lord? Do we have a Scottsdale fire? And it's felt like that, you know, at times. But at the same time, man, I've grown like crazy. I don't know about you. As long as I've been here over this last 10 years, I I just feel like I have uh, sprouted like uh, Jack and the Beanstalk, you know. Just grown. And grown in a way not in uh, organizational skill or uh, become more religious. I, I just feel like we look and smell like Jesus more and more and more. We have people that authentically love each other and authentically just, hey, this is what I'm going through. This, this is the way it is. We're just fine with, uh, I, I'm currently in the valley of oh, no, and you need to know it. And we're like, yeah, I can see that. Let me love you through it. Let me encourage you that the valley of oh, no isn't your permanent residence. Jesus has gold streets ready for you the fire is here so uh, I think I'm going to embrace it and just say Jesus I'm going to rest in you as we have this help us to walk it out in a healthy and great way so that you're glorified and so that we look and smell like you. And if you want to go with me, let's keep moving forward. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful body. We're going to take communion uh, when I get done praying. I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful body, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for um, wherever we are today, Father, in all the areas of our lives, Lord. Lord, that you are being glorified. If we're in the valley of, oh no, you are revealing yourself to us. You're getting, us our, you're getting our attention, Father. May we recognize the fire that is getting our attention, Lord Jesus, to show us who you are, Father. If we're on the teeter-totter, Lord, thank you that you are with us and that you are solidifying us and you will continue to reveal to us who you are. You don't give up on us. Your mercies are new every morning. Every time we swing back, Father, you say, hey, look at me. You constantly keep your eyes on us. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness, Lord. And Father, as we have moved into an area where we stand on you, our rock, You have lifted us up to the rock that is higher than I. Lord Jesus, boldly speak through us. Roar through us, Father. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Roar through us about your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it. Be glorified, Jesus. May we uh, waft. May we waft the beautiful aroma of Jesus everywhere we go. I thank you, Father, for it, and I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So we're going to just remind ourselves, if you don't have your uh, elements, our ushers have extra, if you don't have any, just raise your hand and they will bring you our elements. we got run right down here, Carolyn. I think everybody else, oh, we got quite a bit in the middle row. Oh, David over there, yep. I didn't hear it, so maybe it's gooder. (laughs) What a friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs and sins to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us on the cross, Lord. We take this little piece of bread in remembrance that you willingly laid down your life for us, that you took beatings, that you took abuse, that you had to carry the cross that that paid for our sin up that long hill, that you, Jesus, the one who laid down your life, the righteous lamb, that you unjustly took it for us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. We receive this piece of bread in remembrance of your work. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us and that it is sufficient. It's sufficient, Lord. It's sufficient, Lord. It's sufficient, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shame has no power over us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It defines us, Lord, your blood. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So Jesus, we testify of your goodness today from the power of your blood. It will never lose its power. Father, we take this in remembrance of the great work of your blood. Thank you, Father, for it.